NFL Hall of Fame writer-reporter Dan Pompey with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Welcome back. It's Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Marshall Harris in for Mully today. It's time now to go to talk to Dan Pompey from The Athletic. And like all of our guests, Dan joins us on The Score Hotline, powered by IBEW Local 9, Chicago's original powerhouse since 1892. Good morning, Dan. How are you? I'm great, David. Good to be with you today. Thank you for joining us. Let's start with the Bears' postseason press conference, which I think is a tradition unlike any other in Chicago. <laughs> uh, what did you think, and and where uh, where do you stand on on the Matt Eberflus decision specifically? Well, I think not too surprising, right? It's probably what we expected given the way the Bears finished the season. Uh, I would say, you know, I, I have some feelings of ambivalence about the whole thing. I think, you know, uh, you have to like the fact that Iberflus did a really good job in the second half of the season especially, did what he had to do. The team finished strong. They played hard. They improved. Um, and, and obviously he, you know, worked a little magic with that defense, I think. I know the addition of Montez Sweat was a big deal, but you have to credit Iberflus for bringing the best out of those players and really bringing the best out of Sweat, too, because he played better than he's ever played in his life, I think. So, you know, those things probably led the Bears to decide that they were going to bring him back. Um, on the other side, you know, I really don't like the game, regardless of who's involved, of you know, blaming the offensive coordinator every other year. And, you know, the Bears have been looking for that uh, unicorn offensive coordinator for about 103 years, and they haven't found him yet. Good luck finding him this time. Um, you know, it, it's a hard thing to do. And, and, you know, the offensive coordinator who was there was put in place by the people who survived. So, you know, really it goes back on them. They made the mistake of hiring him and, you know, even a week-to-week basis of, of of what he was doing. If they didn't like it, you know, isn't there an overseer? Or, you know, isn't that what a head coach does? Aren't you saying, well, why are you doing this in the red zone or your, your short yardage package isn't what it should be? So, you know, I have a little bit of an issue with, with how when that goes down the way it does. Um, and I think it's going to be difficult, like I said, to find someone uh, who, who really is everything you think he can be. And, you know, are we really going to be advanced uh, two years from now? And, and um, you know, can the Bears uh, really, is their, is their position more attractive than all these other positions when they're probably not extending Eberflus? So you're probably going to be offering this new offensive coordinator a two-year contract. Um, and, if, and if he's someone who's really in demand, is he going to come to the Bears, maybe not even knowing who his quarterback's going to be yet, or is he going to go someplace like, let's say, Detroit and replace Ben Johnson on a team that appears to be on the verge, or someplace like that's starting all over. Say you go with Dan Quinn to the Chargers or something like that, and you, you go coach Justin Herbert. You know, there's going to be a lot of competition for the best, and I don't know if the Bears are going to get them. That is uh, highly concerning, Dan, uh, but I understand exactly what you mean uh, by all the points that you laid out. My question is uh, the, the urgency thing that 
Eberflus talked about at his press conference certainly comes into play. How quickly do you think they can get this done before, you know, other teams start hiring head coaches and trying to fill out their staff? Well, I, I think, you know, if you, if you want the guy who's in the most demand or, or the guys who are in the most demand, um, you're going to have to be on their timetable a little bit. Um, obviously, you know, it, it might be a bit of an advantage to be able to hire quickly, whereas some teams don't have head coaches in place yet and might still be playing, whatever. But uh, I, I think still it's... Uh, you know, if you're let's let's say you know the bell of the ball this year is whomever Shane Waldron or you know whoever you want to call him, um, is is that guy going to jump at the Bears' opportunity when he knows he might have you know maybe three opportunities if he if he kind of holds a little bit and treads water? That's that's the issue. So Dan, when you look at the quarterback conundrum, as I have called it. How complicated is the decision in your mind, and what do you expect the Bears to do? You know, uh, I, I think it's, it's, it comes down to this, David. You evaluate Justin Fields, and you've been evaluating him for three years. And if you don't know what he is by now, then you don't know. You're never going to know. Um, you compare him to the top Six quarterbacks, there are six of them in this draft who could be chosen in the top six picks. And you say, which one do you think has the most potential to deliver your team to multiple Super Bowls? And, you know, the the chances of it being Justin Fields, I don't think are very good. So now you say, you got to go get that guy. This is a rare opportunity. Um, you're, you're never in this position where, uh, assuming these guys are the types of quarterbacks that we've been led to believe they are up to this point. You know, they're, they're rated on a level that no quarterback in last year's draft was rated. Of course, everyone missed the boat on one of those guys, but that's besides the point, um, including the Bears, which was just a tragic mistake in my estimation. But... Um, you know, I, I think if, if you think one of these guys can be anywhere near, you know, what C.J. Stroud was last year, it, it's really not that hard a decision. Go get him, period. Breaking news here on the score is brought to you by BetQL. Smarter bets start with BetQL. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com. We're visiting with Dan Pompey from The Athletic. And, Dan, the breaking news is the Patriots have hired Jared Mayo to replace Bill Belichick. The legend following the legend will be Mayo. So more Mayo, please. And what do you think about that move in New England? Well, it's interesting. Obviously, it was something that was in the works for a long time. Um, you know, the, the whole philosophy kind of surprised me a little bit because usually when you see a head coach change, the team wants to kind of move away from what that head coach was. You usually see the pendulum swing in the other direction, right? If it's a defensive guy, oftentimes they hire an offensive guy. If it's a guy with, you know, a certain philosophy, they change the philosophy. So the Patriots are going for continuity because Mayo is, you know, basically Belichick light or Belichick young or whatever you call him. So um, I, I think that the, thing we have to keep in mind, though, is that Crafts know Mayo better than they know any other candidate, could know any other candidate. 
as a coach. So <clears throat> that's why that's why he makes sense to stay there. You know, the fact that they're passing up Mike Vrabel is interesting to me. Uh, I think you know that could be something that you look back on and say, well, they're going to regret that one because because Vrabel unlike Mayo, is an established head coach with a track record of success. I think it's it's interesting that we're seeing the the, the head coaching jobs. That, you know, they'll slowly be filled. We'll, we'll hear about the candidates. Um, you mentioned, you know, Shane Waldron is one of the guys for the offensive coordinator for the for the Bears. My, my question is the, the process that we saw with the, the trading of the pick last year uh, when they got <clears throat> Carolina's uh, – gave the pick to Carolina and got D.J. Moore as well – what do you think their focus is going to be draft versus free agency outside of quarterback to try to get this team better? Well, I think you have to look at what's available, uh, first of all. And, you know, they're in, a, they're in a good position from that standpoint because I think they don't really have to be a slave to a lot of different needs. Um, you know, they can, they can be improved in many areas, um, you know, obviously they're going to need to do something at the wide receiver position. Um, even if they bring Darnell Mooney back, I think they would want to add somebody. Um, you know, they, they need more fortification on the offensive line. They need better defensive linemen uh, to complement Sweat. Um, you know, you, you've got the issue at in, in the defensive backfield uh, with Jalen Johnson being up, and then you've got obviously. Eddie Jackson's situation, so you've got two potential, you know, uh, openings there, I guess. Um, so all those things are something they need to keep an eye on. But, you know, let's say they're in the draft and, you know, they, they get their quarterback with the first pick. Now what? Well, they really can kind of open themselves to saying, who's the best available player? Is it is it an offensive tackle? Is it a whatever. I mean, they, they could pick, you know, a running back, uh, you know, they, they can go almost any direction at that point and not say, well, that's a bad pick. And, and that, that's a great place to be as a team that's, that's drafting and really even in free agency. You know, if you can do that, that's how you end up with a really good roster, I think. So, Dan, in New England, obviously, they're now the breaking news hiring Gerard Mayo to replace Bill Belichick. But Bill Belichick appeared at a news conference on Thursday with Robert Kraft, and they were amicable. They were pleasant. They were respectful. And Robert Kraft even said it's going to be hard to see Bill Belichick coaching against the Patriots, which assumes he's going to get another job. Where do you think he will get another job? Yeah, really hard to say at this point, David. Um you know, I don't even know that all the openings are really established yet. I think there could be more. I mean, I'm, I'm going to be surprised if there are not more job openings that, that happen. So, um, you know, I, I know some people have speculated if the Cowboys lose, maybe Jerry Jones makes a play for, uh, for, for Belichick after firing Mike McCarthy, which would be really interesting. Um, but I think... Uh, you know, I, I, I frankly don't see him as a really good fit for some of these jobs that are open now. You know, the Chargers really have never gone for a coach like him. Um, you know, the commanders have put out some smoke signals that they're, they're not interested. 
that would probably make the most sense. Um, I don't know that he would go to a team like the Falcons uh, or, or that they would even want him. I don't think the Seahawks uh, would, would be a fit for him. Um, it's, uh, you know, Panthers, you know, is he going to put up with that owner? I don't think so. Uh, Raiders, maybe, maybe, you know, maybe. Um, there, you know, there's going to be a place for him. I, I don't think it would be Tennessee either. Uh, but, I mean, I, I'll be shocked if he's not a head coach in the National Football League next year. Great stuff, Dan. I really appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Okay, thank you, guys.